0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 83 of the Healthy Critters Radio on Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss the social nature of horses.
2: In Critter Talk, we take on shedding in horses and dogs. In Critter Nutrition, we focus on stress and anxiety in horses. And in Coffee Clutch, we talk about some of our new favorite things. Listen in. (laughs)
1: girls, how you doing?
3: Good. <laughs> There's a pause. She had to think <laughs> about that.
1: <laughs> well, it's a little bit of a dreary day here in Virginia, and we had such a beautiful weekend. It was 78 degrees, and it was just awesome, and some critters came out, and that was all good, and then today it's kind of, well, you know, it's, what do they say, Come uh, March comes in like a lamb and goes out like a lion? Yep yeah well, it's still it it's going it's still
2: going out like a lion <laughs>
1: day two in April
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know it, it here's the odd thing. you would think that I would be really sensitive to this yeah. since I just spent the entire winter in vitamin D country, yeah, but it doesn't bother me, Ugh. maybe because I haven't had a whole winter of it
1: i uh yeah I hate it. But I'm not gonna lie to you. I do hate it, but I will tell you I am looking out my window right now and seeing beautiful dogwoods blooming, which make me pretty happy.
2: Yeah, you guys are a little ahead of us. We're Oh really? Uh, over here in the mountains with the dogwoods are not blooming quite yet. Mm, yeah. What's blooming in Florida? The oak pollen.
3: trees, the, oak <laughs> the trees what is are blooming. Oh my gosh! Everybody, oh, wow. everybody is sneezing. I think the lizards are even sneezing. Oh uh, goodness! Oh my gosh! It's been very, very dry because usually we start getting some reasonable rain by this time of year, and it's been very, very dry. So the, the pollen is—it's thick enough on top of your car that you could scrape it off with a snow scraper. It's, it's oh wow, nasty. yeah. that's not good that's what's blooming but we've got some flowers in our flower bed popping up we've got some little i don't know what they are they're really pretty little flowers that grow in front of our deck i have no idea what they are they were here when i got here but they're pretty and they're starting to pop up little white flowers so for so me when for me when it's springtime is here when a flower comes up i don't care which flower it is i'll take them all (laughs) a flower that's all i care about
1: well that's good well and you can see the buds on the trees here. Um, well, and you know, and uh, it's funny cause Tigger, you know, I go to Charlottesville once a week and down the driveway of Cumber, all those, I guess they're Bradford pears. Oh, they're, they're nice. Bradford. Oh, they're beautiful. And they just, they just scream
2: like joy. spring. They yeah. say spring. Yeah, but you know, they're, a, they're not a good tree. Do you know <laughs> that?
3: Why aren't they no, a good why? tree? I think that's unfair. Why?
2: I'm, I'm going to tell you. I like, I'm
1: gonna
3: listen.
2: <laughs> um okay, well. well, first of all, they they can come down um you know very easily in storms because they're not very deep rooted. Which you're but quite sensitive in to. Southern right now, Living Magazine. Um why Bradford pears are the worst tree ever? Hmm. And it's Oh, this is not the reason. There's some it's a self-destructing plant. So it's weak-wooded. Mhm. And it's because it's got dense branches, but it all the main branches come out of the same point on the trunk. Okay. So it's actually a very weak tree. But there's something I I'm
3: I just Googled it, and the the article I found said the same thing: that that it's weak and tends to fall apart, and it is um, it's prolific.
2: Yeah, Hmm.
1: I still think they're pretty.
2: They are pretty, and they always signal spring because they're the first one to bloom. Mm Hmm. Um. But the Bradford pear originated in China and was introduced in 1964 as an ornamental tree. Um, so, and they have a very short lifespan, 20 to 25 years. Now, when you think that big maple that fell down on my house mm-hmm. was, you know, close to 150 years old. And they, evidently, Bradford pears are big pollinators. So, um, they they're pollinating and creating more bradford pears Mm -hmm. and here's a quote when you see those fields of white flowering trees please don't get giddy with excitement over pretty white flowers what you are looking at are calorie pears destroying nature calorie pears have four inch thorns they can't be mowed down those thorns will shred john deere tractor tires they can only be removed by steel-tracked dozers, decreasing the value of agriculture or forest land to the tune of $3,000 per acre.
3: I don't um, think that's the same as a Bradford yes. pear. Though. Okay,
2: here's the thing. Bradford pears are, are the evil offspring of the Chinese calorie pears which forms the impenetrable thorny thickets that choke the life out of pines, dogwoods, maples, redbugs, oaks, and hickories. So the fact that they were created ornamental, now they've just sort of gone back to their wild genes. We brought these trees over thinking they wouldn't reproduce, and now they're doing just that and taking over native species. We tampered with nature, with kudzu, and we've created a big problem. Well, I'm What's so interested. Well, I'm, too. I'm, I'm yeah. so sorry.
1: She's sorry, not sorry. <laughs>
4: can <laughs> we talk about
2: dogwoods and hardwoods? Is this, can we
1: talk about dog? Can we talk about dogwoods again?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I honestly
1: I knew
3: favorites. none of that. Did you and know with a yogul calorie use. pear that a calorie a pear has 102 calories?
2: I did <laughs> not know that. <laughs> it <laughs> figures that you would, Jennifer.
3: It would. Yes. There we go.
2: Well, you know, we're talking about sort of the nature of trees and the nature of things. We're going to be discussing the nature of horses being social creatures. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I'm starting to get not concerned, but really questioning the way in which we keep horses. So let's go on to our roundtable discussion and dig into this a little bit more. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so. so I I have been reading a fair amount of studies on horses as social animals, meaning when they get stressed, one of the links in a stressed horse who develops ulcers is or, or can be that uh, confinement, right? And I was actually thinking about something Patty had said to me about the importance of, you know, turning her horses out individually, which is a pretty common practice. Sure. yeah, One I've certainly done for years and years and years and years. But it's gotten me thinking, and maybe this is because, you know, I, I just recently left Wellington. Walking into all these most gorgeous, most beautiful barns on the face of the earth. And the horses are in stalls and it feels, and they're beautiful stalls, but it feels like I'm walking down, you know, an aisle in a prison because it's all bars. they the doors are shut. A lot of these barns don't have, you know, windows that open to the outside in the back of the stall and it just got me thinking are are we do we have this wrong maybe that we know horses are social creatures we know they like to touch each other and you know rub each other's necks and talk to each other and stand with each other and and we spend so much time isolating them
3: i think that it, yeah i get it but here's the here's the thing how do we fix it well, because there's, it's, there, there are real world reasons that they get. Yeah, isolated.
1: absolutely. I mean, you have, I mean, I, I think of, you know, like I, I have a baby horse right now, but very fortunate that there was somebody in the barn that would let me turn him out with him. Cause I wanted him out, socialized. He's, you know, he's coming for, he's lived in a herd until I got him. And then he learned to, you know, be in the box and then, you know, he goes out all night and, you know he has his his buddy that he goes out with and you know the reason I I'll tell you this is very interesting because I've never had another horse do this that I know that I'm doing what something right is you know he's in a two or three acre field and I ride him generally within the same amount of time within an hour and a half and it's he could be at the far end of the field and he can see my groom come to get him and if he's not a seriously already at the gate he'll come to the gate and leave his buddy which lets me know that at least i'm giving his social structure enough time to be out with another horse doing what he's supposed to be doing which is great cuz it's an older horse and he kind of disciplines him and tells him what he's supposed to do and whatever but he's waiting to be worked i mean i've there, had other horses okay so
2: let's not confuse working and the horse's desire to be with the human and work and get right. challenged that's with- yeah
1: that's not my point. What my point okay. is, is that his balance in his life has got to be pretty good for him on his free on his own free will. And again, this is one horse. This is one one individual. And I've honestly never had a horse do this. Like, he will stand as I'm riding other horses and watch me ride. I feel like he's critiquing me, but that's, you know, we're not going to go there. <laughs> that's a
3: different show.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a different show. That's actually some sort of therapy show. But, you know, but anyway, but what I feel I'm always so happy about because, you know, I am – I used to be criticized years ago when I had my first Grand Prix horse that I would turn him out. Remember that Tigger? Remember that was the thing. And you know, when, you know, when we didn't turn out our Grand Prix horses and I just kept going, you know, it doesn't make any sense if he doesn't get his neck down. I can't imagine that. I didn't even know what I was talking about. And again, you know, he lived a nice, long, healthy life. And but I think here's here's where the issue comes in, and I, Tigger, I agree with you a thousand percent. I know what you're saying, and I get it. The hard thing is, is that when you have these, you know, horses. I don't care if it's, you know, somebody's pre Saint George horse that is an amateur owner, and she's, you know, going out there trying to get the best scores out there in her life versus, you know, Verdades. You know, if you put them out with other horses and something happens, it's a problem. I had when I first moved to Houston, I had two horses that really. Obviously, seemed to really like each other and wanted to be out together. One very small horse and a larger horse, and the small horse kicked the other horse in the front leg and broke his leg. And and that's where the problem comes in. And how do you fix that? That's that's the problem. Well, I'm wondering more.
2: Yes, that is a problem. But I'm wondering about our barn designs. Huh.
1: Okay. I,
2: I mean, I think a stall ideally should have a a Dutch door that can be open to the outside. So the horse can look out. It can be shut if it's bad weather, but mm-hmm. they can hang their heads up. They can get fresh air. They can, and likewise, they can hang their head in the aisle and see what's going on and socialize. I, I think that's, that taps into their very nature.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I think there's sure. a way, we used to be able to put up stall guards. I mean, in my old barn that I still oh, have, yes. you can you know, it's an old shed row, and I I think the horses feel more a part of things, not shut away. I also watch when people are taking their horses out of the stall. You know, it's like one horse at a time, yes, because they're worried that somebody's going to kick her. But the horses that know each other, I think we should allow them to have a little, you know, hello time. And I
1: could, I I totally agree with that. How I mean, are you?
2: Time and. Yeah. Yeah, can you scratch the spot on my neck?
1: Yeah. When I go out, the way our barn is set up right now is that there's like devil's lanes that you can walk in between. And for the most part, it's really, you know, fun when the horses come galloping up. You know, (laughs) there's some, you know, there's some white knuckle driving or riding. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) you know but what i love is that again my baby horse I, he loves to visit and so there's a couple of them that i know that he's going to go out and not squeal and do whatever so when i'm riding i let them him visit and i mean i know he digs that you know it's so I, I yeah it it i i think that's i love i mean horses grooming each other is just great conversation it's like getting on the phone in the afternoon with your girlfriend just venting over your day you know what i mean they horses just need to get that connection i and that's the thing that makes it so hard about you know how especially if you have a boarding facility, you know, well, or let's say a training facility, you know, how do you coordinate? How do you do that and put them out together and hope that hope that it's going to end up. Okay.
2: I I think you do have to find those that, that are compatible. Mm -hmm. And I also think, and I noticed this, you know, the hunters and the jumpers and the ponies, they bring their horses right to the show and they have to stand around and wait Mm -hmm. And you see them standing in a group, you know, the grooms are there and the horses are all, it's like they're, there's an imaginary tie up and they're like old cavalry horses just, you know, waiting for the next battle. But they're all standing together. And I think that's very comforting and reassuring to horses. Mm
3: -hmm. That's an interesting point that you make because I've come across horses over the years that show hunter is their career partly because of that aspect some horses really want they don't care who the herd is they don't care if they've <laughs> known that herd for yep. 15 seconds yep it's their herd and they want to be yep. part of it yep yeah that's a very interesting observation that mm-hmm. in dressage is a discipline whereas of isolation during the horse's competitive career he is isolated from that that all the time. He goes into yeah. the warm-up arena. He does his warm-up. He does his test. He goes back to his barn. Yeah. He doesn't ever have nope. hanging out at the water cooler time. No. Nope. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: think of the fox hunters. Those horses are all going out together.
3: Yeah. Anyways. I'm trying to think of another, another discipline that has that aspect.
2: Well, jumpers. It's the same thing. They're all lined up. Yeah. Yeah. And when they warm up, of course, at, at a busy... uh jumper show you know you have all these warm-up rings and there's a lot of horses in them but in dressage our warm-ups are really not that crowded
3: and you you correct me if i'm wrong but in the dressage world you rarely see three or four or five or a dozen horses standing around um never nobody on their back just standing there waiting for something to to happen that just doesn't that's no. not part of, you know, you
1: want to keep their back fresh. You don't want to get tired. You don't want to, yeah.
3: But you don't even let them stand around. They don't, no. they're not standing there being held by a groom doing nothing.
2: No. no. Just <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. Just watching.
3: Yeah. Interesting. That is an interesting it really is. view to to think about that and the effect it may or may not have on that mm-hmm. horse's psyche. Psyche. And nature. if it's, a, if it's affecting his psyche and his nature, it's going to affect how he performs for the immediate future as well as long-term. That's very interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, there we go. That's, that's a very interesting concept. (laughs) So I would, I would love listeners who find that a, a fascinating observation as well. Go over to the healthy critters radio, Facebook page and post on there. If you can come up with other disciplines or sports in the equestrian universe, that have a an aspect of them that either really feeds well into horses being social creatures or is
2: in your or opinion. Doesn't.
3: A, or doesn't. Or I doesn't. W- I would like to see, hear some feedback on other I disciplines. I think of
2: the yeah, Western history. horses too. Yeah. They, they're more waiting in a group for their time, the cutting horses. Right, yeah. And the reining horses and the barrel racing horses. Of course, those horses are like live wires. Mm-hmm. Um, but how often are they just tied up polo ponies, mm-hmm. you know, and they're tied up to a trailer altogether.
3: Yeah. yeah. See, that's a different, a different perspective on socialization versus, uh, than Patty and I were thinking of, cause Patty and I immediately went to turnout. Mm-hmm. So that's a different aspect, a different mm-hmm. part of their social life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. Very cool.
5: Hello. Hedy. Hi, Hedy. Hedy says hello to you
3: all.
5: <laughs> uh
3: oh. Have you been but, watching The Wizard of Oz? You sound like the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs>
5: No, Hetty has not been watching Wizard of Oz. Should Hedy say this, film?
2: Yes. <laughs> for sure.
5: Interesting suggestion. Noted.
4: Noted. Good. Well,
2: Jennifer has a question for you.
5: Oh, and we have answers. So <laughs> many answers.
2: So
3: many answers. Regardless of the question, you have the answer, right? <laughs> many answers that's it so before we began this evening um certain members of our happy little crew here were napping and that got me to thinking i want to know hedwig how you feel about humans and their napping habits are they good are they bad is it something that their their canine should join them in or just we want to get your your feel on the topic
5: I mean, as far as I am concerned, humans are on duty 24-7 in their servile capacity. So, napping is really just a dereliction of duty. (laughs) (laughs) If, for example, there are two human servants, one might take a nap as long as that person's particular skills, I'm putting this in quotes, are not needed at that time. But to actually get one's head down for more than 20 minutes seems to me like slovenly <sighs> laziness.
1: Mm.
2: Boy, I'm sure glad I don't have a Pomeranian. <laughs> I mean, well, I
3: think of... that's probably mutual. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Hedwig, uh, dogs need plenty of sleep. They They think hard, they work hard, they play hard. It's tough to be a dog, so napping is essential for dogs. So, should the humans be permitted to participate in group napping activities, or should the humans not nap with the dogs?
5: That is just perverted and disgusting. (laughs) Of course the humans should not nap with the dog. The dog is napping. The dog might nap with another
3: dog.
5: The human should be working. (laughs) Hmm.
3: See, so it it should be a canine-only activity. I think this is so
5: clear. Why would the human need a nap anyway? Good point. (laughs) Humans do not do useful activities, nor are they particularly Uh, interesting. Well, they they do
3: have essential activities, though. They have essential activities because they have to feed, care for, and pamper the dog. So those are essential activities. But they don't require napping, now do they? So all human sleeping should be done at night? When it's convenient for the dog.
5: Yes, and if a the dog say wanted to get up or something, then that person should just get up with the little dog.
3: <laughs> I see, and that about answers it. And and yep, somehow yes. or another those those answers were surprisingly Hedwig-like. No surprises. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Thank
0: well, you, Hedwig. I don't Hedwig. See a need
3: to pretend to be someone else. I am
5: me at all times, saying a true things. Out loud. Loud and proud. (laughs) Loud and proud. Thank you. Thanks, Hedy. Thank you, Hedy. My great pleasure to help you.
2: (laughs) Thank you.
1: So we are now at the Critter Corner portion of our show, and we are going to discuss, with this time of year... Everything is blowing coat and shedding. And what are our favorite products and ideas to help horses and dogs and even cats blow their coat or get their coat out or devices, anything, because <laughs> I have a lot of hairy
3: critters. Sand blaster? Yep.
1: Yeah, sand. Yeah. Yeah.
3: What do you guys think
1: about vacuuming the animals? Actually, that's one of the things, isn't it? So what do you, what do you Jennifer? Do yes, you have? it is. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any special things that you like to do?
3: Special things that I like to do. I like to let them roll a lot. Mm. Let them roll, man. Because they're going to do part yep. of the work for you. Ah. Um, I have, fa- And then you alternate that with, believe it or not, my horses shed out faster if they're wearing fly sheets because the hair gets stuck in the fly sheet. Oh, I that makes it. sense. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's smart. That's smart. And then you put the fly sheet in the dryer and it sucks the hair out of the fly sheet. But that's nice. Um, as far as grooming tools, the grooming tools, glove that they make that's an actual glove and it has little pokey things on the palm of it. Mm-hmm. Hands-on, I think it might be called. Kind of like that because it gets the nooks and crannies. Okay, that's good. And um, Glenn, that's Glenn's personal favorite. He loves that one. But you have to have a horse who really likes to be groomed if you have one of those super right. sensitive types, maybe not. For the super sensitive sorts, and Nigel falls in that category, Epona makes a product called a tiger's tongue. Oh, which is it's shaped like your typical dog bone bath sponge, but it's made of this honeycomb-like stuff. If you can imagine a bath sponge that's more holes than not. Okay, it's kind of hard to describe, but the hair really sticks to it nice, and I'm I'm really kind of liking that. So that's probably my thing. Put the put the fly sheet on them, even if there aren't a whole lot of flies yet, because it grabs hair. Let them roll a lot. And there
2: you go. Those are mine. Cool. Tigger, what do you have? I I just let the horses shit out on their own, <laughs> <laughs> which includes rolling. Um, And for the dogs, I use one of those great, I think they're called fork combs or they're, they're combs. And that's what I get for the undercoat.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, your dogs have serious, serious fur. Yeah. Y-
2: yes. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that the, the rake works. It's the rake. It's a rake. And it, it just, it works great. Mm-hmm. And it's fast. And it's not, uh, the thing I find about, I mean, brushing is okay for the top coat, but it's the underneath, dead hairs underneath you want to get. And the rake does an awesome job.
3: Now, is a rake one of those kind that have teeth that are kind of wobbly? No.
2: No, okay. They're fixed.
3: I'm trying to think of what a rake a rake
2: looks like. It looks like a miniature rake.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking
3: about. Oh, okay. And, and the the teeth are kind of curvy? Yeah. Okay. Just like oh, a, a leaf yeah, they're rake.
1: R- yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, and I'm there's, yeah, I know what you're talking about, because I just recently got that for the dogs and and the cat too it's really in it boy it pulls i mean it just pulls it hair out like i've never seen also there's this thing called the Furminator, which is uh-huh. also good but it doesn't get good for an
2: aussie's coat though no
1: and that's why i got this other one that i really like and i cannot think of the name of it but it's it's this <laughs> uh, golly i was trying to look at it. i ordered it on amazon and it it's Hannah told me about it it's um it's it has both sides of it but it's sort of like a rake but it curves around and it just gently pulls out gently pulls out their hair and it's it's just awesome but the problem that i have like with the dogs it's great cuz i do the dogs you know every couple of days yeah, i have two ragdoll cats and their their hair when you pull it out just sticks to you <laughs> so imagine <laughs> a very tall woman out in the middle of her yard running Who around looks trying. a little
2: bit At the after grooming cats like Sack Squatch.
1: Yes. I was just um, thinking
2: the same thing. That's where the legend of Bigfoot
3: came from. Did you know that?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm getting it now (laughs) because I'm I'm running around trying to figure that out. Yeah. And the cats are just like, whatever, you know. Yeah. So, but I will tell you, it helped a lot. And, but the other thing that was nice is like, after I did that, then I get like just a wet, uh, you know washcloth and just kind of go over them and then a lot of the hair attracts to that which is good and then i just rolled on the ground and tried to get the rest of the hair off of me (laughs) which again now i'm beginning to see the bigfoot reference but anyway (laughs) but okay but what what now as far as horses tigger you said you just let them roll out there i have to tell you a good old-fashioned shedding blade oh
2: i have one I just, I mean, I don't, I, I, there's no, you don't use it. You look at it a lot. Yeah. You look at it. I admire it that, wow, I still have this. (laughs) Yeah. wow, that is one of
1: my favorites, you know, and, and again, you can't use it for too sensitive of a horse. Um, But I mean, that just that, and there are the new, you know, grooming curries that are sort of rubber. You stick your hand at one side has kind of more intense, pointed ones and on the other side it's more close together. And that I love because you can do that and you tap it on your foot, the hair comes out, and you can keep going. So that's that's been a good thing. Because I mean they're shedding like crazy right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I love to see the bits of their hair on the pine trees, you know, where they're rubbing it off and oh. then the birds fly down and pick up a few. I I the nice thing about having retired horses is that you can just really let nature do its thing and it's really amazing their hair becomes nests and I think it's very cool
1: yeah I mean I I'm really supported a lot of bird nests yesterday for sure <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I kept saying gotcha. to Ray look look it's flying off into the way I mean I there's a whole lot of happy <laughs> Oh, lot of happy.
3: I I am the same way. I love seeing birds nests with with horse hair in them.
2: Oh, yeah. I do too. I love and it. the and the brilliance of how they weave it in. It's mm-hmm. pretty incredible. It's it's amazing. Yeah, masterful. I know it is amazing. Now, I take dog hair and put it in the uh compost because it's yeah. protein.
3: Hair takes a long time to break
2: down. It does. Yeah. It does. But still, you know, it's providing keratin.
3: Right. And- well, it's, it's it, hello, it's hair. It will break down. It just takes a while. See, back in the day, we were not allowed to put the horse hair into the muck heap because it went to the mushroom guy. And he didn't.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania.
3: Yes. It, it, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think they grow mushrooms in Pennsylvania anymore. Maybe I'm wrong, but it gets kind of. Well, that used to be a
2: big industry. Huge. It used to be
3: huge
2: industry. Mm-hmm. It used to be huge.
3: Oh, Yeah. So, in the springtime, you're shedding everybody out. What section of your horses is most challenging to get the hair out of, Patty? That's
1: a good question because
3: I honestly
1: feel like it depends on the horse and their color. I don't know if that makes any sense. I feel like, this is going to be crazy, but I feel like my bay horses tend to shed Around because I, I always think like the girth area the where you know where you don't want to get on the girth and the saddle pad and whatever but the girth area is always tough I feel like the bay horses let go of that quicker my chestnuts do not yeah chestnuts that have white on their face or anything that has white on their face of course they shed like but that they it's a continual shed it never stops shedding
3: <laughs> yes. um, yeah because you're, you're grooming sheds year round yeah oh yeah it's <laughs> annoying yeah the backs of their ears or what oh that's a good me. one yeah because they don't necessarily want you scrubbing there. And they no. get sweaty and sticky, so that makes it even harder to scrub there. The back mm-hmm. of the ears are what frustrate me most. And my horse. Yeah. I have to agree
4: with that. Yeah. For sure. For me, it was the stomach.
3: Bellies? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: Did you notice any difference in colors of horses, though? You know, as you were talking, Yes.
1: I mean, the only reason I'm saying is because I really, I mean, today I was like, huh, look at this horse. And you know, it's funny because you know how this is such an old term and I bet a lot of people, a lot of listeners who are old, old timers, horse people, you know, we used to use the term cat hairs, right? You know, yeah, they're the getting tummy, cat hair yeah, the little lungs, yeah, on their, yeah. can- or their yeah. cheeks or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I have more of my bays get the cat hair thing than the chestnuts. It's just, it's, it just, and, and I don't, and yeah, it's, I don't, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, I just feel like they're, you're always fighting that. But then I feel like, you know, just one day you come and you're like, look at that. Winter's gone. <laughs>
3: yeah. Thank goodness. It's right after the dogwoods bloom. That's when it happens.
1: Yeah, Exactly. So, right when the dog wins Yep, mm-hmm. indeed. So, anybody that has any other suggestions, please put it on our um, Facebook page on Healthy Critters. And and just any suggestions that you have for dogs or cats, or um, if you can think of the name of the product that I was talking about, that would be
4: great. <laughs> that would be helpful. <laughs>
1: really help. <laughs>
2: Now we're at critical Nutrition and we're going to delve into stress and anxiety in horses. Stress is a natural reaction to change. The fight or flight response is a quick burst of adrenaline that stimulates a physical and mental reaction to immediate threats. When a horse experiences change, stress hormones such as cortisol rise, norepinephrine in the brain increases, stomach acid elevates, and blood supply is directed to the limbs and muscles and feet. Acute stress is a short-term response to change. Chronic stress is a prolonged response to change when the horse struggles or is unable to cope. Chronic stress leads to the horse's health being compromised, ulcers, weight loss or weight gain, immune dysfunction, and poor performance. Horses that compete are especially prone to stress. Getting on a trailer even for a short ride can often mean development of ulcers from the stress of leaving home. Of course, trailering is only one potential source of stress. Whenever a horse enters the warm-up area at a show, goes into the ring to compete, that horse's stress levels become elevated. A horse can also be stressed with changes to routine, changes in the herd, a new neighbor in the barn, a rider being stressed, a groom being stressed, the farrier, the vet, weather changes, feed changes, temperature changes, learning a new movement or jumping a more complex gymnastic, health issues, soundness issues, or simple confinement. How does your horse cope with stress? There are two basic coping styles used by horses under stress, proactive coping and reactive coping. The proactive coping horse makes its stress state clear through a variety of methods, including wind sucking, stall walking, weaving, or being overly spooky under saddle. The reactive coping horse shows Few or no outward signs of being stressed, although they may appear withdrawn or show a reduced responsiveness to touch or an increased fear reaction to a scary object. Generally, the reactive coping horse is is an internalizer who tends to conceal stress, while the proactive coping horse is an externalizer who makes it clear, sometimes dramatically, that all is not right in his or her world. Solutions from the East, traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda. In approaching chronic stress, the path taken by traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda is profoundly different from that taken by Western medicine. In TCM, which is traditional Chinese medicine, and Ayurveda, chronic stress is addressed from a whole body perspective, with specific plants and mushrooms that are classified as adaptogens, compounds with a unique ability to adapt their functions based on the specific needs of the body. Some practitioners refer to them as thermostats, modulating the body's stress response like a device that controls temperature. Adaptogens can be stimulating like ginseng or relaxing like Tulsi. While adaptogens have been used for thousands of years in TCM and Ayurvedic medicine, in modern times it has been the Soviet Union and later Russia that have been on the forefront of adaptogen research. Lab and animal studies show that certain adaptogens have anti-inflammatory and neuroprotective qualities, can help control blood sugar, and provide support to the immune system. Research has shown that some adaptogens have beneficial stress-protective effects related to the regulation of homeostasis. The triad of stress. Equine stress is a three-faceted effect influenced by the brain, the gut, and the adrenal gland. If we simply address one part of this triad, for example, giving calming agents for the brain, then the horse is still strongly affected by the other two prongs of stress, imbalance in the gut and cortisol from the adrenal gland. There's also another tier of biological systems impacted by stress, the immune system and the liver. Addressing these other systems need to be a co-priority in the formulation of any whole horse stress supplement. It is important to note that whether the horse is an internalizer, a reactive coper, or an externalizer, a proactive coper, the biological effects of stress on the brain-gut-adrenal axis, immune system, and liver remain the same. Calming pastes. There are lots of calming pastes on the market, most of them designed to reduce anxiety. From a TCM or Ayurvedic perspective, this is akin to stopping the bleeding but not addressing the wound. But calming pace do have the advantage of being fast acting. 45 minutes to an hour to take effect. For riders and owners, this is a big plus. Nobody wants their horse to have a meltdown in the ring or in the trailer or on a trail ride or when they're being shod. Beta testing on the big stage. There are probably more stressed horses and humans in Wellington, Florida during the Winter Equestrian Festival than just about anywhere else outside of thoroughbred racetracks. This made Wellington the perfect venue to test two new stress formula pastes from Biostar. We knew these pastes could not just be for calming. They had to address the whole biological stress triad along with the additional liver and immune systems. Biostar tried the new formulas on 30 different horses, hunters, ponies, jumpers, and dressage horses, with surprising results. Every horse was calmer, more settled, and focused, as reported by their riders. One dressage horse was too calm on Formula A, so he switched the horse to Formula B. According to her trainer, quote, it worked like a charm. What makes Biostar Pace different? It starts with a mushroom. Both of our stress paste formulas start with an extract, red reishi mushroom. For sourcing, we've chosen a small family-owned company in Tennessee that specializes in mushroom extracts. They use a dual extraction technique for the fruit body and mycelium portions of the mushroom in their USDA-certified organic extraction process. This process ensures that the beneficial mushroom spores in the fruit bodies are not removed. Why reishi mushroom? Well, first and foremost, it's an adaptogen. Reishi is known in TCM as, quote, the mushroom of immortality, end quote. In Chinese medicinal texts, it is referred to as a calming shen food. Taoists refer to rishi as a food that nourishes the spirit and relaxes the mind. Research over the last 20 years has shown that rishi can provide support for multiple body systems. Rishi for the endocrine and immune systems. It can help balance the endocrine system and the glandular system, thus playing a vital role in mental clarity and stress reduction. Studies have shown that Rishi supports the immune system via regulation of T lymphocytes and helps to reduce inflammation. Rishi is gastroprotective. Current studies have so far shown Rishi's mushroom anti-ulcer effect on rats and mice, but more research is needed to prove efficacy in larger mammals and humans. Rishi for liver support. Recent studies have also given evidence for Rishi's heptoprotective effects on the liver. This is key because 10% of the horse's total blood volume is in the liver, and it is estimated that the liver performs over 500 different functions. What else is in there? While Reishi is the foundation of our two new stress formulas, thereby providing the adaptogenic qualities to balance the body-mind under stress, each formula is slightly different. One formula has increased serotonin support from casein. The other formula has more cortisol reduction with the inclusion of a patented ashwagandha extract. Both provide microcrystallized medical grade <laughs> aloe for the G-extract. <sighs> this is the same aloe used in hospitals for burn patients, not the stuff you buy at Trader Joe's or Whole Foods. We've also included camelina oil for its high vitamin E and omega-3 content to help maintain a healthy inf- inflammation response, plus more vitamin E from almond powder. These two Biostar PACE formulas will provide riders and owners with equine stress support based on a blend of Western science and Eastern medicine. The new formulas focus not just on calming, but on addressing the entire triad of biological reactions to stress, brain, gut, and the adrenal system, plus added support for the liver and immune systems that are also closely tied to stress. This unique combination will ensure that your horse receives the very best Whole Horse Support for Stress and Anxiety. Our new stress products will be available May 2019.
0: Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs.
2: And we're going to give a shout out for a few of our new favorite things. And I'm going to start with a company called Outer Isle. Oh, oh. And they make a, a they, what they call them sandwich fins that are made of cauliflower. <gasps> okay. So it's made of fresh cauliflower, caged free eggs, parmesan cheese, Cultured milk, enzyme salt, pure nutritional yeast. That's it. Has 50 calories a slice. The total carbohydrate is 2 grams. Has a gram of fiber, 4 grams of protein. And it is the most delicious thing I've ever put in my mouth. And one slice is one serving of uh, vegetables. And you put it in your oven or your toaster oven at 425 for like five minutes and it warms it up and if you want it really crispy you leave it in there longer and then you can you know make a sandwich out of i eat it just with a little bit of butter on it oh my gosh i (laughs) am addicted
1: and it's called outer Isle.
2: outer Isle, and go to the website outer gourmet.com And they call it plant power sandwich thins. They also make pizza crust. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And there's Um, real ingredients.
1: This looks quite delicious.
2: Oh, it is so incredibly good. I mean, and I, you know,
1: because I'm trying to, you know, really stay within the keto type of Well, this is
4: for, this is perfect for keto.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, when you said cauliflower, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Looks delicious.
2: And one of their suggestions is you can, you know, top it with guacamole, hummus, olive oil. But the the taste of it itself is so delicious with the Parmesan cheese. Now, they do make one that's a jalapeno and one that's an Italian. I've only done the original. But I, guys, I, it's, you know, gluten-free. It's low carb. It's low calorie. There's no flour, no nuts, no soy, no artificial ingredients. And you get one servings of vegetable per slice.
1: Yeah, I'm um, actually ordering it (laughs) 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 because it looks delicious. I'm just saying. It's fantastic. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Yay, tigs. Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. I'm super excited about that because I'm always looking for it. Listen, I actually, I order the cauliflower crusts for pizzas and I make them. You know, all the time. Um, and I oh, i just had for lunch today delicious stuff on that. And I love that, you know, little snacks and stuff, too. So exactly. I will let you know. What
4: do
2: you think, Jennifer?
4: Well, Are I you see. Your-
3: I, my new favorite thing seems so lame after that. <laughs> but now I'm hungry, too. So, boy. Yeah. yeah. Win-win for me. My that's- favorite new thing is a pool noodle.
1: Excuse me. Oh, that's funny. That's just funny. It's a pool
3: noodle.
1: A
2: pool noodle.
3: Yes, Mm -hmm. it's the new duct tape in my life.
2: Okay. What is it?
3: Well, you know what a pool noodle is. No. You don't know what a pool noodle is?
1: Uh Tigger, you need to be looking this up. (laughs) She's telling you this. You need to
3: be Googling this. A pool pool noodle noodle. is a big, long, foam noodle that you play in the pool
2: with. Oh, okay. Now Mm -hmm. I know what it is.
3: Well, I discovered that pool noodles are a multitasker over the weekend. I was camping with my horse. And the she
2: brought some pool noodles with you?
3: And I have pool noodles because the pool noodles I you you slit them open because they're a tube and I have a portable round pen that my horse lives in when we camp. And all night long I get to hear hear those metal panels clinking against one one another does not make for ah. good sleep. Yes, you know where I'm going with that? You you slice it open and then you pop it over the vertical bits so that they don't clink against each other.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: Handy-dandy. But I also discovered the sheet I brought along, a little small for Nigel. So I have to put it on like the second of the loosest hole. So that means that little nylon strap kind of sticks into his his. Uh, chest a little bit and makes that little rub mark on their hair. Don't like that. I chopped off a little chunk of pool noodle and slid it across there and he didn't <laughs> get a mark on his chest.
1: Ah! Oh, that's so funny.
2: Okay. So now we're going to have 101 uses for pool noodles. Yes. Right.
1: And yes.
3: just had no idea. I know. And I discovered one more use for them.
1: Oh, <laughs> go, go. Tell us.
3: Well, my, in order to maximize the size of my portable corral, one of the sides is actually the side of the horse trailer. Right. Well, the horse trailer is just covered with those little horse trailer door latches. The that big long thing. Oh that you yeah. Have. Well, I can't have that there because he's wearing his halter while he is in his round pen, and oh, yeah. I dare yeah. let him get that caught on there. That would be bad. And you take the big size pool noodle and you chop it to the right length, and you just slide it right over that, and he can't get his halter stuck. Wow, That's It's amazing. Exciting. So it was. The, it's the lowly pool noodle.
2: Hey, you know, I just thought. That you could take a, you know, good heavy chain and create a stall guard with the (gasps) pool.
3: Brilliant.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so smart.
3: Yeah. You could put it over top of your stall guard chain because that's good thinking. Yeah. I like it. And they come in different sizes and all kinds of really fun colors. That's so cool. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah.
1: That's really cool. There you go. (laughs) Patty. Well, okay, mine comes with a story. <laughs> of course it does. Okay, as you know, I, I travel quite a bit. And uh, before I left Houston, I was on a quest <laughs> for a more comfortable bra. And I came across something called a she fit bra. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's like been on Facebook and whatever. And it's it's incredibly comfortable and it's adjustable on the back and adjustable on the sides. And it's just, it's really incredibly comfortable. Even when it's really super hot, which is saying a lot, you know, yeah. in the summer when you're riding. And I will say to you, it is, um, it comes in different colors. It's very comfortable. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, I guess, more like a sports bra. But you can adjust you know, at the end of the day, when you've been riding all day, and of course, I always think in these terms, you can actually take the Velcro on, you know, on the straps over your shoulders and release them a little bit more, or you can undo the one in the back. It's very, 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 com- very, very comfortable. However, <laughs> I wouldn't use it. I wouldn't have it on when you're flying
5: <laughs> Um
1: because... I I have not had this experience, and actually, it was quite comical. I fortunately had a little bit more time than I normally had. I was actually flying in the evening because normally I'm flying and trying to get out like at six a.m. This time I was flying out at five in the afternoon. And I went through, and I was dressed in more normal clothes because I was going to my location, but not going to be teaching right away. So I had on a lighter shirt. Now, all winter long that I've been flying back and forth, I have never had any problem going through security. Well, they because of the zipper at the very top, they kept telling me, you know, they went through, and they're like, okay, ma'am, we've got to patch you down. We've got to do whatever. And I'm like, Okay. No problem. And they're like, you know, and we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to pat you down and we're going to, you know, do this. I'm like, okay, no problem. And then they're like, um, the one lady looks at the other lady, she says, I can't pass her. I can't pass her. I'm like, oh, okay, what does that mean? And I'm sitting there going, what does that mean? And so they brought, called another lady over she went through the same thing. Anyway, it ended up being in a private room. I kept saying, do you want me to just take my shirt off? Look down my shirt. It's not a big deal. It's just a zipper with a flap. It's very comfortable. It's a really nice bra. Look it up on Facebook. It's a really great bra. <laughs> <laughs> um, just look it up on
3: Facebook.
1: I was just like, seriously, guys, I'll take my shirt off. They're like, no, ma'am, that's not what you know. And I realized like, you know, and it, these ladies were doing their job and it was really quite funny because once the supervisor came in and passed me, I was like, so is it inappropriate to say I'm going to take my shirt off for you? And they all looked at me like, like yeah, don't ever do that in public. I'm like okay. Anyway, but it is a very great bra. It does not pass through security well, so don't wear it there. But other than that, I it's, I highly recommend it.
2: Oh, that's such a story.
1: Yeah, it actually gets more in depth than that, but I'm not going to share that on on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, it and it literally it only it took under 10 minutes and I was actually it was very impressive how wonderful these ladies were and how grateful they were that I thanked them at the end of this instead of yelled at them. But because they were just doing their job and yeah, they yeah. just and you know what? I bet you each and one of the each and one of those every one of those ladies went through and looked up the bra and they probably, <laughs> bu- and they probably bought it. You are going to get a commission, right? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just saying I kept saying she fit. You know, sheath it, look it up. <laughs> and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, you can adjust it in the bag. And I mean, at the end, they're asking all sorts of questions, but I'll tell you what, I wasn't allowed to take my shirt off. Anyway, but the story, the point of the story is it's a great bra. That's one of my favorite things.
2: Okay. So my, my second new favorite thing is something that I found in Florida and it's for dogs and it's called Bark Bistro. And I started with, it's, it's a cooked meal in a bag. Mm-hmm. I started with the turkey and mac bark bowl mm-hmm. because Wookie. every time she goes to Florida, she gets GI tract upset. And mm-hmm. even though she's lived on raw her entire life with the medication she was on, you know, the, the metronidazole and, and stuff, I thought, well, you know, maybe I should give her some cooked food. So I found this at the local dog store and here are the ingredients. USDA certified ground turkey, egg noodles, mm. zucchini, carrots, cranberries, pumpkin, salmon oil. It's it's approved for human consumption in a commercial kitchen. Mm. And so I bought one. She was crazy for it. They have three different ones. So she eats all three, the chicken and quinoa and the beef and mash. And I noticed when I got home that Thunder Bear was not so enthusiastic about eating. I mean, he was eating, but you know, when you know your dog and it was like he was eating, but he wasn't eating with enthusiasm. So I thought, well, I'll try him on this. Oh my gosh. Mm. He's he's leaping in the air oh, I when bet. I put this in his bowl. So um I haven't been able to find it in Charlottesville, so I've ordered from them direct. But if you're looking for uh the convenience of a cooked meal in their, you know, 32 ounce bags, I can get a bunch of meals out of one bag. And it's the dogs love it, their poop is great, and I'm I'm just thrilled to find this convenient home-cooked dog food mm-hmm. to uh, when certain dogs don't don't need or want raw and I don't have to uh, make it out my crock pot
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> well you know it, the website's quite nice too I'm looking at it right now it's really got it's got some yeah
2: this is bark company.com mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they also make some really great peanut butters I was just gonna say yeah With uh, some with pumpkin and some with banana and, but they're, I tell you they're, and for traveling, you know, I just stuck them in my cooler to drive home and they're flat, you know, so they're really easy to carry. Yeah, they're, they're great. I can't say enough about them. So barkbeastercompany.com.
1: Yep. And a great website.
2: And a great, easy to, easy to navigate. Yeah,
1: absolutely. (laughs)
2: Yeah, well, it is, because, I mean, when
1: I can look at something and understand it, that's like uh, right away. A-plus. Exactly. Yeah,
2: yes. So if you've found a new product, let us know on healthycrittersradio.com.
1: Indeed. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse
4: Radio
2: Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details
4: about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon.